screen. Yeldon, 30, 25. Make 20, a man miss. Right. He's going to go. He's yes. Utah shovel pass in the middle, picked up by Darius, Marcel Darius, Darius to the 15, he spins to the 5, touchdown! Must win to make the NCAA tournament, Sexton, got it, he got it, he got it! Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama, Devontae Smith! Touchdown, Alabama! I'd like for the people to remember me as being a, a winner, because I ain't never been nothing but a winner. All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to our second ever episode. Uh, we hope this one's about ten times better than the uh, than the other one, because last time uh, we tried to record with a potato. <laughs> yeah, it did not go out. It did not go out well. <laughs> we got uh, we got one review from ryan's brother and he said it was it was total shit so we're gonna we're just gonna try to make him proud that's all we care about yeah this one's for andrew yeah in the bedroom sleeping (laughs) yeah okay uh (laughs) so this is the monday of after selection sunday um we just went through uh you know the conference tournaments and um you know alabama is, is a part of the sec uh tournament or they were not for not for fair not for very long though. Nope. Um, not at all. Uh, you know, it was a tough game. And uh you know, we I mean we dominated most of the game, but of course at the end we just had to find a way to lose it. Yeah, it was like a I wouldn't say a tale of two halves, but it was like we controlled the first half like so well. And um and then we start the second half out, you know, all right. And then as as the game as the second half progresses, it was just like I could tell it was like, yep, this is going to be one of those games where we just lose it in the final minute. It was the most obvious game we've played in a while. I saw it coming uh, when Vanderbilt went on like a 7 nothing run to start the uh, second half. But, um, I mean, we don't really have to talk about Alabama that for that long since they only made it to the first round and lost to, uh, you know, probably the worst athletic school in uh, the southeast. So besides their baseball school, that's probably about it. But everything else, I would say, I'd say that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, but any anyway, sorry for the technical difficulty. A, a homeless man just ran into my house. Uh, he was banging on my door, asking for uh, asking for my computer. But no, I I told him no. I have to finish this episode. A homeless man being your mom. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about Vanderbilt and how, you know, I was impressed with what Vanderbilt did. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. really impressed me, even though every time I saw his dad in the uh, in the arena, he would have those those little cornrows. And in my mind, I was just thinking, like, man, you're you're you're, pro- you're getting around 60 years old. You probably shouldn't be doing that. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think they showed Scotty Pippen Sr. about uh, more times than they showed Scotty Pippen Jr. I think so. And. Uh, probably the main reason for that that hair is because of his breakdown from uh, what Future did. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> this isn't TMZ, so we won't get into that. This or, is a, or, uh, a Malik Beasley. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what Vanderbilt did, I mean, they made it pretty far. Uh, you know, they they hung around Kentucky and the uh, you know to the quarterfinals or whatever. Um, 
I was impressed with what they did. But really, the main story out of this was Texas A&M. Yeah, they just came out of nowhere, really. I mean, that they uh, their game against Florida, it was it was it was looking like um, the very end that Florida was going to come back and win it, and then uh, fortunately for Texas A&M, they had a very late push um, and uh, withstand that comeback and. And, uh, yeah, they advanced, and then they played Auburn, which everybody probably predicted, you know, Auburn to crush Texas A&M, but that did not happen. Um, uh, Texas A&M, I would say, easily handled – I mean, at the very – I mean, yeah, they controlled the game the entire way. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like, you know, how a team would go if you're playing the number one seed, you know, it gets a little close at the end, but – yeah, they surprised surprised everybody and uh, upset Auburn, mm-hmm. and then uh, Arkansas moved on to Arkansas, who they absolutely demolished by like eighteen points, nearly twenty points. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely out after I saw them beat Auburn, I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's Auburn, and then I was and I saw that they're playing Arkansas next. I was like, yeah, uh, I think this might be the end of the road for the little happy tour, and they proved me wrong. I mean, hey. They really handled in Arkansas. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, you know, I was at the game where Alabama played A&M at Coleman, and I was really impressed with, you know, from an individual standpoint, how many scores they had and how, you know, how physical they were on defense. But in no way, shape, or form did I think that they were going to keep that style of play going into the SEC tournament. But they, they proved me wrong against some really, really good teams. And uh, – if I'm being honest with you, I think they got screwed out of the NCAA tournament. Because um, if you look at their resume, they have plenty of good wins, Not, I mean, including non-conference. But, uh, you know, March is tough. And, I mean, we saw Tennessee handle them pretty well. But I still think they deserve to be in the top 64, though. Yeah, I would definitely give – I would give Texas A&M the nod over uh, Vanderbilt, like – or not Vanderbilt, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of another smart school, Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame, I don't really – I mean, you compare their resumes, it's like complete opposites. I mean, uh, Texas A&M had a very good run in the tournament, and they beat a very good team in Auburn and a very good team in Arkansas, which, I mean, regardless – I mean, I think I saw a tweet yesterday that it said – that selection Sunday or the tournament should wrap up on Saturday. So the committee can, you know, take time to reflect. And instead it was tournament ends on Sunday and the selection Sunday is on Sunday. And that was, you know, a very, very small amount of time between, uh, you know, the, the committee just being like, like well, yep. Uh, Texas A&M lost against, you know, Tennessee in the championship game. So we're not going to let them in. Yeah. The, uh, when I saw Alabama lose to Vanderbilt, I thought I was going to have a, a difficult experience during this this uh, conference tournament. But the very next uh, early afternoon, I saw Auburn just completely get distraught or destroyed by by A and M early on, and it it made me erase everything in my it mind. Really so. did for me too. I, I I completely forgot about the the Vanderbilt loss. It just like it was like <laughs> okay, I'm I'm free again. Like I feel I feel good. It wasn't really. Uh, like it didn't make me happy, but it just made me like it made me laugh because I, I knew how many Auburn fans went down there. They sold more tickets, probably they probably sold eight times more tickets for that thing more than anybody, like including Florida. 
and and it was in Tampa, but uh, yeah, I mean they had to spend a lot of money to get down there, and seeing them choke in that first round against a, you know, a pretty average team was was pretty funny, and I'm hoping that that a uh, bad play goes on in the tournament, but from what I see, their their uh, stretch of games could be pretty easy in March. Yeah, like you said, they, they uh, a lot of fans uh, made the trip to Tampa, like. They they probably out of out of everybody I would say Auburn if I had to bet had the most fans travel to Tampa because they just they they were confident that they were going to win it they were going to you know cruise into the SC tournament and just take over but mm-hmm. obviously that didn't happen and it's, yeah it's not it's not January anymore yeah <laughs> I, I thought they seemed like one of those teams out where like matching matching uh, shirts for the games mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though it's it's not even a big deal right now. No, but uh, you know, it's just funny seeing a team like Auburn, a team that I despise, really, just mentally break down in big situations all the time. And um, we're gonna see it again in in this NCAA tournament. But uh, you know, I'll I'll level off Auburn for now. Um, I think we need to give some credit to you know maybe Tennessee because they've been playing really good basketball the last two months, and uh, I feel like Auburn and Kentucky have have taken their uh have taken the attention away from what the balls deserve. Yeah, I was uh, listening to Feinbaum and I don't know, I think it was just like Becky or something somebody called in and she was like, you know, y'all don't give Tennessee enough credit. And at the when she said that I was like, well get, get out of here. But then mm-hmm. I realized like she's actually really right. Like you're like Kentucky and Auburn get all the credit and then Tennessee who just won that, you know, Mm-hmm. SEC tournament does not get any credit at all. I mean, they could. It's like they could win three SEC tournaments in a row, and they'll still they'll still be like, "Yep, Auburn and Kentucky are still the best." Yeah, it surprises me though because I didn't know that Tennessee hasn't won it. They won an SEC basketball tournament in, since like the 1980s. Yeah, that's that's Shocking. pretty wild. It's a very well set. Because well, I mean, you know, they're known for uh, women's basketball, Pat Summit, but they've been a consistent uh men's team for a while even with you know a coach like how for a coach how bad you know Bruce Pearl is they're pretty good yeah after getting rid of Bruce Pearl you know getting um getting Rick Barnes in there they've actually they've really he's really done a good job um well it's not really surprising since what he did at Texas you know I mean although he did not have much success in the tournament at Texas uh it looks it looks like it could be a little different um, at Tennessee, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to the connection of the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament, I think it's important to wonder the state of teams like Arkansas and Kentucky, uh, you know, because they didn't end this tournament the way that they wanted. Uh, they lost to teams that had less talent than them, but uh, with coaches like Musselman and Calipari, I think they're going to take that into account, and I think they're gonna. I think they could use it to their advantage in the in the uh, in the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had Arkansas uh, beating LSU, an LSU team led by uh, old Will Wade. <laughs> yeah. Good riddance, buddy. Um, <laughs> it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest time for a firing, but it was the most deserving firing I've ever seen too. Six years, six years in the making. Uh, like how are you just gonna sit? How are you just gonna sit and talk about how he 
broke the rules. It's just out there, and he's just out there still coaching on the on the baseline. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that it took this long, really. But uh, you know, justice is finally served. You can see it in his face too. He just has that that little the little creepy face of his. Those little those little eyeballs, you know. Yeah, you can tell he he's he's giving hiding something. Money all the time. Yeah, you could tell he was hiding something the very the very day he got there. Um, given given a lot of strong ass offers on the table. Yeah, but I mean LSU, you have to wonder what they're what they are right now. I mean they're a good defensive team, but uh, they got beat by a better Arkansas team, and I bet right now their team chemistry is a little off. Yeah, I would I would definitely think so, considering that they're you know most of these seniors, you know they've known will wait this whole time and uh now it's just completely disrupted i would i would imagine that their 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 morale and their chemistry is just at an all-time low but you know you we could be wrong i mean we thought didn't think you know a and m could could really put themselves into the championship but uh you know it's this is march surprises happen yeah, I will say this about LSU. I think they have the pieces to beat anybody in the big tournament. Uh, guys like Tari Eason or Darius Days, um, they play great defensively, and they can they can make it by any shot that they uh, attempt. Um, LSU is probably the biggest wild card for me after this tournament. But, uh, you know, I guess we can move on from the SEC tournament because, we you know, our beloved Tide is, is moving on as a sixth seed, and we have to find, you know, a way to – to have a realistic expectation about what we're going to see and why we're going to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the pros of how we, how we set up for this tournament, um, I believe that we can beat anybody that we play on any given day. Uh, early on in the season, you know, we beat teams like Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, uh, even Miami. At the time, Miami wasn't a, a built team, but they, they turned out to be one of the best in the ACC. Um, we, we have a lot of impressive wins under our resume under the same personnel that we have now, which if you look at the team now, it's on a, a it's on a pretty big downslope, but you know, yeah, we three lost three games in a row. Yeah. If you watched early on in the season, uh, you could tell that we had something special and maybe we can find it again. Yeah. The big reason we definitely made the tournament was, was because of those wins against Gonzaga, Houston, like you said, Miami, mm-hmm. um, Baylor. Uh, yeah, Baylor. Excuse me, got that one. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely only in the tournament because of those. Because these past couple games have been have been pretty, uh, pretty bad, to say the least. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can we can maybe you know change, turn the or you know do a one eight. Yeah. You know, against you know whoever would play Rutgers or Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure who I'd probably want to play. Probably I would say probably Rutgers, but uh, mm-hmm. that's just that's just me thinking that you know Notre Dame's coach is uh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forget his name, but he looks like a mobster. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I ain't talking about. Um. Another well, from a strategical standpoint, I believe that like the be- probably the best we're probably the best team in the nation when it comes to offensive rebounding. Uh, 
it comes mm-hmm. down it, it does come down to our shot takes and that's really the only reason we, we're so good at it uh you know we we attack everything from the three-point line it's probably that's probably around what 40 like 30 or 40 percent of our shots yeah and, and the rest, the rest of the takes are uh you know, we don't make above 35 percent but yeah yeah, yeah. So um, it's inconsistent, but if we can find a way to get the ball inside, uh, we have opportunities to get the ball back with, you know, tall guys like Betty Ako and Gurley can get his boards too. So we just need to take advantage of many offensive opportunities we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the, the last – one of the last pros I see is our tournament experience from last year. Uh, you know, taking UCLA down to the wire with – you know, Javon Quinley had a good game. Shackford played well. Uh, there's other pieces of that team that that had a lot of experience in the tournament. And it's a big stage, and you need guys who understand, you know, what that stage is and what it takes to get to the next rounds. And even though we only made it to the Sweet 16 last year, I think having guys from last year's team is, is, uh, is so beneficial to our uh, chances of, of moving on. Yeah, you said it. The leadership with Quinterly and Shackleford and um, Ellis too. Yeah, yeah, Ellis. I, I don't know why I keep forgetting about Ellis, but yeah, Ellis too. Um, Maybe because he only plays well every one in three games. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, we need those guys because they're they have the experience from last year's team and they know like what it's like and how 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 big how big the stage is and what the pressure is so you know i'm hoping that you know if we can get at least two of those guys to you mm-hmm. know, perform the best then you know we could easily you know not have to rely on like the whole team scoring 10 points or you know having one guy like shockford like shooting you know 10 percent from three or squarely turning the ball over eight times you know hopefully we don't have to you know, rely on everybody to score. It's just, you know, everybody, you know, flows well and we, you know, take it one possession at a time instead of, you know, once we mess up or the other team goes on a run, we just like, you know, lose ourselves and freak out. And mm-hmm. you know, that, another part of that is Nate Oates needs to, when, when another team goes on a run, you need to take a timeout because that's what they're for. Yeah. Uh, that that's been a, a big a big uh irking thing for me is that or it, it very much irks me that you know NATO doesn't use timeouts when uh we very well need to use them but uh hopefully we can um you know bounce back yeah uh breaking news uh I don't think I've told any of y'all yet but I, I am a Chiefs fan and uh free agency is going on but we don't. We wouldn't want to, you know, stack that on top of y'all. But I have to say this: uh, Chiefs cornerback Shavarius Ward is going to the 49ers. Um, he, he was probably my favorite defensive player on the entire on the team. Uh, he's one of the most underrated cornerbacks um, in the league, and now we don't have him. And you look what Joe Burrow did. So, yep, you know, we're we're screwed. But I'm just gonna pretend I only watch basketball from now on. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, moving back to Alabama, it's just uh, yeah, we have the pieces what it takes to win games. But again, it's just trying to find it, and we might need a microscope to do that. But uh, I will say this: there there are a lot more cons than pros, and 
uh, I'll just go ahead and say say one of them. Uh, we turn the ball over way too much. Um, we're one of the, I'm pretty sure we're in the 300s range around like, you know, turnover margin of, you know, compared to the other team. And it, it starts with the guards uh, not knowing where, when to attack and how to attack. Uh, I, I guess it, it, that can come back to NATO. It's not, not putting the teams in the right position, but at some point the players have to understand that taking care of the ball is a main priority. Yeah, both our uh, point guards, J.D. Davidson and Quinley, are both averaging around 2.8 turnovers per game. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you're right. Like, it comes, it does fall on Nate Oates to a certain extent because, I mean, you have to draw the right plays. And, you know, uh, a young point guard like J.D. Davidson needs that right play. Mm -hmm. and you can't, you know, just, you know, run around, dribble, and then, you know, drive to the basket and make a careless pass. Yeah, you uh, you showed me a stat earlier this week showing how J.D. Davidson compared to other guards in, the, in, you know, Alabama's past when it came to turnovers. And it showed J.D. Davidson basically first. I think he averages yeah. maybe like, what, three, like four point something turnovers or something, three or four turnovers a game. And yeah, it's around 2.9. Yeah, yeah, something like that. If you compare it to the other players, well, you look at it and say, it's not that bad. But you have to understand, he's not even starting most of the games, and he's probably playing at most 20, you know, 20, 22 minutes. So uh, he just has to understand that he doesn't have to make the plays. He just can't make the plays to lose games. That's that's his job. Uh, you know, just play intense. And in my opinion, he's the reason – he he's the win or lose situation, like win or lose situation for us in any game, because uh, we need that guy off the bench. Yeah, he's really the he's the big boomer bust guy. Like if he's playing good, we're mm -hmm. we're we're gonna you know it's gonna be a good game. But if he's playing bad and turning over the ball consistently, mm -hmm. then we're not gonna. You can tell we're not gonna we're not gonna probably win the game at all. Yeah, and he, he shouldn't be afraid to shoot either. You know, he in high school he was a slasher and he wasn't you know that big of a well, he didn't take as many opportunities from the three-point line as he should. Uh, but he has to – he needs to be shooting the ball about the same as JQ's doing because I think they have the same ability from the three-point line. Um, it's like he always wants to get the and one or the dunk. He's, he's just too aggressive to me sometimes. Yeah, he really needs to work on his, his shot and, and, and be more confident in himself because – I mean, I want, I want to say early in the season, he was taking, you know, a decent amount of threes, and now it's really tapered off, and he hasn't taken many threes at all in the last couple of games. Uh, and the second con that I see is we need to we need to bring the same intensity on the defensive boards that we bring on the offensive boards. Uh, even though we size pretty well against anybody inside, uh, you know, when it comes to strength or the desire to get the ball for, for your offense, it's just not there right now. And uh, this late in the season, I don't know how we're going to find it. Yeah, our defensive rebounding, it feels like the worst in the country. Like, it's almost like we crash one and then send, you know, four out to the for the transition, offense transition. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like every game I watch, it's almost as if we at least give up easy rebounds, easy offensive rebounds to the other team. Like, half the time, 50% of the time at least. And it's, 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 it's like they, they're playing, they're playing blindfolded when 
the def- or the offense their opponent misses a shot and we go for the defensive rebound. It's like they just close their eyes. It's like you know, what's and then going they'll on foul. Here? And yeah, yeah, all right. They'll they'll <laughs> foul and still give it give it to them, give it to the other team. Yeah, and uh, to me, the biggest con that we're going in this tournament is that we've lost three games in a row. Uh, I'm I'm a big believer in like looking back at your past and learning from it, but I don't know how you can learn from losing three games in a row. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't look at it either. I mean, you can. It's hard to have a bounce back game when you've won when you've lost three in a row. And I will say this, like, losing three games in a row, like, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing, you know, Vanderbilt was playing pretty good at that time. I mean, yeah, the last game we played, uh, LSU is in, in March Madness, and Texas A&M was probably the hottest team in the SEC. But for our expectations that we put on this team in the preseason, that's not that – losing three games in, at any point in the season is not acceptable. Yeah, I would say that um, the two teams you did point out, LSU and Texas A&M, mm-hmm. uh, well, more importantly, Texas A&M did play a very – they were very hot, I want to say. Yeah, they made shots. Their game, their game against us, their win against us, uh, probably, you know, put them into that situation where they had more confidence in themselves into the SEC tournament. Where, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – that it really showed – um, and in LSU, that LSU game down Baton Rouge, it was just, you know, it didn't, we, it was, it was, it was almost identical to the, you know, the Vanderbilt game. I would say we, you know, you know, well, you know, the Vanderbilt game, we controlled the first half. Mm-hmm. And the LSU game, we did not control the first half. We, we, we went on a, a little run to end the first half and, you know, just pitter pattered with the, with the lead uh, and uh, eventually gave it up in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. But, uh, uh, in a situation like this, Nate Oates and the team need to decide whether you look back at those three games um, and try to figure out what, what went wrong and how you can fix that. Or do you just try to erase it from your memory and throw it in the trash and just move on to this tournament, which either one to me is an acceptable option. This an acceptable option. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can look at it either way because holding on to something like that or just looking back at what you did can really leave an effect on a team's mentality. But erasing it can can bring you back to where you were in the preseason, saying we got guys and we can win We can win against anybody. Um, I'm really interested to see what Nate Oates does with this team. Because uh, I don't know. Because, you know, being a six seed historically is pretty, is pretty tough. Um, there's been some great teams being a, like being a six seed, but I, I don't know if Alabama's even should even be like mentioned in that category. Yeah, you said it, six seeds. I mean, uh, I want to say Connecticut was the six seed in 2014, 2013, 2014. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, every title they've won, they've been like maybe a six six seed or a nine seed. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're the only they're the only ones who like keep that you know six for eleven seed you know ratio on the on the side of the the six seeds. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean like three games in a row, the mor- the morale is probably pretty low. I would say you know, hoping mm-hmm. for a like a 
going on a losing streak and then making the tournament is like such a terrible situation because you're looking towards you're looking to win a game against you know one of the 64 best teams yeah you know, in the tournament you know because that's what it is i mean you don't you don't make the tournament by accident and you know it's 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 you know it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting it is uh there are a lot of interesting stats that come out of being a six seed or, you know, a five seed or whatever seed you want to talk about. And that's why I brought on uh, this guy named Brett Rush. Um, I know him pretty well. He, he looks at a, a lot of analytics and a lot of Ken Palm stuff. And I was able to interview him last night, I believe. And uh, he's going to give us a lot of intel about what it is, uh, about what Ken Palm is and how, how you can use it to your advantage in brackets or uh, maybe embedding situations. But, Anyways, we'll get to that interview now. All right, guys. Uh, so I'm here with Brett Rush, the uh, bracket expert and an avid Jets fan at the same time. Uh, oh, let's, not, let's, not, let's not mention that. This is, this is a basketball conversation. We can keep the Jets out of it. It is basketball season. Um, so anyways, it's an honor to have him on. And uh, to be honest, I know how experienced he is in this field. And uh, anyways, why are you so interested in uh, the Kim Palm and all these crazy stats? Yeah, first off, I want to thank you for being the first guest on your show, the Crimson oh, Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. But no, I mean, it's it first came with kind of looking at Alabama basketball. So I was like, I could listen to the experts, but they're always wrong. Yeah. So I just kind of went to Kim Palm. I was like, what do they say about Alabama? And then I would look at these teams. I was like, first one I saw was last year's USC team. I was like, USC was a six seed. They have them at six, and USC <laughs> made a run. I was like, that's interesting. And then I go years back and they had Loyola pretty high when they made their run. So I, I kept looking. I realized how many teams that were such a high seed that they got right going deep. And I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. So kind of looked into it and found some really interesting things with their stats. And it's really good. They, they have they have a lot of good predictions and a lot of their teams that they are high on that a lot of the people are low on go really far in that uh, tournament. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah, so – uh, I live with this guy, and I would sometimes go to bed around like 10, wake up for my 8 a.m. class, and I would look on this whiteboard, and it would just look like uh, a Harvard math class. Dude, it all started with the whiteboard. The white look, the whiteboard <laughs> is key to everything, okay? The whiteboard knows all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's facts. So, uh, anyways, like, what is Kim Palm? I've tried to figure out what it is, like, like by the base of it, but I just can't figure it out. So, Kim Palm basically is – a, is a tool that takes all the teams offense defense and their stats throughout the years and usually and makes them for efficiency not like total stats you see total team sports how many points per game they mm -hmm. do more of the efficiency side so that kind of takes out like how fast teams play faster yeah. teams score more points they kind of take that out they use strength of schedule so mm -hmm. they so even though gonzaga is highly ranked gonzaga has a bad strength of schedule but they still are really good so they take in account for strength of schedule and stuff that you just can't see and you'd have to look into really hard and they kind of make it really easy for you. And then they give you the offense, how good their offense is, how good their defense is and how good the team is. Yeah. I mean, if you look at March Madness, it's so hard to predict, you know, and you know, this is, a, this is a fairly new system. And I think if a lot more people looked into it, then uh, you know, maybe every now and then you get a perfect bracket or you can, uh, somebody can win a lot of money, but, you know, I wish. Yeah, I think I think the making the more money sounds like the easier. The better. Yeah. Maybe this would just be for the, the gambler type there. Yeah, I don't know, man. But uh, you know, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, thank God it's Selection Sunday. 
um, and there wasn't any other big news in sports going on. Uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah, I'm just a huge like, fan. Yeah, I mean, today we got to honor Big Ben and how committed he is to staying retired on like some people, <laughs> Tom Brady. Thomas ever Brady, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just seeing a quarterback make a decision for his career and being able to just live with it and not worry about his self-conscious or where he is in society, and he just has a good time. That's my type of quarterback, and that's why I think Big, Big Ben's the GOAT. I'm just glad Tom Brady isn't going back to the Patriots. I'm glad that saga is over as a Jets fan. So he can go back to the Bucks all he wants as long as he doesn't have to play us. We've got about eight more years. He could probably spend four of those in New England. God, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. All right. Well, man. well uh, anyways, I guess we can start getting down in this bracket. Uh, you know, I get, yeah, let's start. All right, we're going to go by region by region. And I guess we'll have to start in the West. And, of course, the big name is sixth seed Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, okay. I mean, is the tournament run right? We're making the championship, right? We're going to win it now. Yeah, I, okay. So, I guess before we even get started in all these teams, we have to go over how Alabama fits into your liking in the Kim Palm. And personally, as a, like as an Alabama fan, how do you feel going into this tournament? Well, I'll, since I'm the Kim Palm guy, I'll start with that. Alabama is on the edge of being a first-round exit. <laughs> they have a really – they're terrible at defense, and that's that's not just Kim Palm. That's watching them, too. Oh, yeah. So, they're ranked really poorly on defense. I think 93rd adjusted defense, and that's really close to being a first-round exit, but it's not there yet. So, I think they make it out of the first round, but not a very guarantee at all. But besides that, I mean, their defense is too bad to compete with anybody, especially like the Texas Tech in the second round. So, I got Alabama maybe winning a game, probably winning a game, and then that's about it. Yeah, personally, I'm just uh, – I'm going to wait to see who wins in Rutgers and Notre Dame, and I'm just going to pretend that Alabama is just going to win against either one yeah. of those teams. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to convince myself that that team's going to be super tired, and that's why Alabama's going to win. I can, yeah. But uh, – I'm just, I'm just glad we're not like an eight or nine seed because that's probably the most depressing part of in, – in like a bracket. Yeah, but Alabama does – According to Kim Palm, has a 13th <laughs> offense, which is nice. I mean, offense is always really important. And having really good offense or defensive stats, really highly ranked, is always a good thing in the Kim Palm rankings. You never want to be that team that has an average offense and average defense. Mm-hmm. So at least Alabama having an average offense is at least somewhat encouraging. But overall, I mean, that the lack, I mean, the lack of defense, I mean, you see it throughout the year. I mean, they don't they don't have any big no physicality. Yeah. It's is not very good. I mean, Noah Gurley, I mean, they don't really have any good bigs. I mean, it's pretty obvious. You can watch it, them play on defense, and you know they're not good, and then the stats back it up. Yeah, I'll say this. I'm willing to accept any outcome that, that comes our way. But, uh, you know, we, we have a fiery – we have these fiery stretches, but I'm not, I'm not expecting us to win six games in a row. Even though, I mean, I would like that. Yeah, and Alabama's the worst – Honestly, I was the six. I was not hoping for a six seed. The six seeds get upset a lot. I think over the past eight years, mm-hmm. the six seed is sixteen and sixteen versus eleven seed. So I mean, that's it's basically a toss up. It's game crazy at how this many point. how many points? Like that's five. That's five seeds, and it's half and half. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not really paying attention to Alabama. I mean, I, I want to root for them hard. They might get a game against Rutgers Notre Dame, but. I'm pretty confident. I know where Alabama was at this year. <laughs> I'm going to watch two minutes of the game. Turn it off when we're down 14. And I'm just going to look at Bleacher Report. To, look, to I'm, going to Di- I'm going to Disney this week. So I might, I might, I might catch a glimpse of them on one of the TVs. But I'm not going to be too butthurt if they 
they lose the first round. Yeah, you're in a win-win situation in that in that part. Yeah, I can I can get over that loss really quick, quickly quickly to Rutgers. Yeah, with, with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's see. Let's see. Can we talk about Gonzaga real quick? They're the best team, right? Like, is, they, is it even a question? Yes, they are the best team, and I know they the the American public believes that they choke every year, but they forget mm-hmm. to realize that they are the most talented team every season. And yeah. when they do win the championship, I'm going to look like a genius. Yeah, the, the, I really like Gonzaga. First off, Gonzaga it blows Kim Palm away. Yeah. First best offense, seventh best defense. Only team to have two single digit offense and defense, especially the first offense. You almost you're almost guaranteed to win if you have a good defense with the number one offense. Yeah. And this is the best year because Gonzaga choked last year against Baylor. So yeah. a lot of people are not going to pick Gonzaga just to spite Gonzaga for them picking last year. Mm-hmm. So I think you actually get pretty good value picking Gonzaga with, I mean, I, I still think they're going to be the number one pick team, I think probably, mm-hmm. but it won't be as highly as it should be. But yeah, Gonzaga, I mean, I don't think it's close. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, we're going to look in this Western bracket and really the only, the overall picture I see is if Duke somehow gets hot, but they have been, they've been falling down since, I mean, losing UNC, that was a shit show and then losing yeah. to Virginia Tech. But yeah, I mean, Gonzaga's the best team, but, I, mean, I guess we can go ahead and start getting in these uh in these other situations. Oh yeah, one more thing. I'm I really like uh, first off, I'm not a big fan of that the West side period. I, I don't think any of those teams are really good besides Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. But I would watch out for that Duke first off that Duke San Francisco game. And then I think San Francisco is gonna win the first round and then play Duke. But Texas Tech coming into Duke, I think that could be an upset too. So I would I would stay away from Duke going final four in any of your brackets. Yeah, I would too. But okay, so speaking of teams in this Western bracket that can that are have high expectations, or at least they just they're bad in my opinion. Um, who's that team in like in your image, of, and like how do you think they'll do in the tournament? So you, I really, I, I'm, I, I said Duke again, and I, I really don't like Duke. They felt. The stats prove that they've fallen off in the past week or two and three weeks. I mean, they've had some really bad games, and it's it's really hurt their standings. A lot of times you see teams play bad in the tourney, and that's fine. That's fine. Don't get upset if your team plays bad in the tourney. But Duke, they've fallen points after points in the Kim Palm rating after this. I mean, they've dropped from probably the 30-something best defense in the past two weeks. Now they're the 47th. So, I mean, Duke's really fallen off, and then – Alabama just is the worst team in college basketball, so obviously stay away from them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even – I don't even have to bring them up. That's how obvious it is. So. <laughs> I think we both agree on that. But I think the most interesting team – it's got to be Texas Tech in that re- in the region. I mean, yeah. you really don't know what to do with them. Their offense is really lacking, I think, 67th best in Kim Palm, mm-hmm. which is something you want to stay away from. But anytime you have the best defense in the country, it's yeah. always a tough, tough choosing. I mean, I think – I remember that uh, – I think it was the 2016 Wichita State team had, like, the fourth-best defense, 67th-best offense, a similar resume, and they went pretty deep. So, you really never know with those teams. But I would not be shocked if Texas Tech made a little run at it. I don't think they'll beat Gonzaga, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make the um, Sweet 16 to Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean – Elite Eight. Yeah, talent-wise, Texas Tech's not really on par with the rest of the Big 12, but they they really showed out later on. And uh, I was impressed what I saw from them in the, the Big 12 championship. Uh, yeah, but I don't really, I don't have really any big upsets in this uh, West side. I have pretty much chalked it up for uh, all the 
top seeds winning. I don't see a lot of teams that really can compete. Vermont's not a bad 13 seed. I think Kentucky or uh yeah, 13 seed. I think Arkansas as a four seed is pretty good. So I don't think Vermont will, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vermont is able to cover a spread there. Yeah, Vermont has a people forget like Vermont wins their conference like every season. Yeah. So if I if I saw one going close, maybe Vermont makes it close with Arkansas. But besides that, I haven't pretty much shocked up to all the top seeds winning the first round. Yeah, which I know Vermont plays like New Hampshire every year for the championship, but uh, you know, they're right next to each other, why not? Yeah, I respect winning though. But um, a team that I see in that in that bracket that I see is like gonna maybe disappoint is Memphis. Um, they're so erratic and on every level when it comes to the players, the coaching, and uh, really the effort. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they ended with a twenty-one and ten record, which is pretty good in the American Conference with Houston and teams like SMU, but. I don't think Penny Hardaway has the leadership to lead those guys. Uh, you know, I think they're a bunch of individual players, kind of like how Alabama's built. Um, yeah. I, I would be surprised if, if if they get past the first round, though. Yeah, I've got uh, – I've got – is that Seton Hall playing them? See, it's, not, it's a – Boise State. It's Boise State. Yeah, I've got Boise State winning that game. Um, one of my more reliable picks, I'll go into like some of my, like my systems for picking teams – when I look at eight and nine seeds, I pick the team with the best individual stat, which is either the best individual offensive stat or the best yeah. individual defensive stat. So whatever team has the best individual stat, not having a crazy stat, maybe like over 140, 150, mm-hmm. they went in the last 32 games, they've won 29, 29 and three. That just shows you, I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty efficient right there. So, I mean, and Boise State has, I think Boise State has the best stat out of both of them. So yeah. Boise State's on pick there. If y'all are better, y'all, y'all better listen to Brett when it comes to the eight nines because 29 and three is one of the most ridiculous stats I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, so, you know, a team that I see that's underrated in the West is UConn. Um, you know, they've battled all, all year against teams like Providence, uh, Creighton, Xavier. That, that entire Big East is almost NCAA tournament quality. Um, and they've lost nine games this year, and the margin of loss they've had is 4.6. And they've had, they've had some good wins against Villanova and uh, Auburn. So, you know, UConn's a solid team. Uh, they don't turn the ball over much. Uh, you know, I, I think they're at least a Sweet 16 team, in my opinion. Yeah. I wonder who they're p- going to play in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. I think we both know. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to really get invested in any of these teams, especially the four and five seeds, because they've got Gonzaga waiting for them. So, I mean, it's, it's not really a – that that Arkansas UConn matchup that looked like that might might happen is not really that big of an impact on your bracket, so I wouldn't get too hung up over any of those teams that play Gonzaga in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I mean the only only person that can uh you know conquer the West or defeat every other team is probably James Rojas. I think I think if Rojas gets hot from three like he usually does, <laughs> like what a fifty percent three point shooter. Yeah, he's probably what I mean two for four. Yeah, no, it's probably two for 40, but yeah, I think we should move on to the next side. Yeah, I like these, though. This is when it gets a little bit interesting. Um, You know, on the East, uh, you know, I see Baylor. All right, Baylor's one seed, of course, and I think they rightfully deserve that spot. But honestly, I think they are probably the most overrated team in their their region based off of their uh, seed. Watch out for UCLA. Yeah, I love look, UCLA. UCLA t- look, I, I know the UCLA team's four seed. I know 
this is this is almost the same team as last year. It may probably even better. They, they've had some rough stretches this season, which mm-hmm. is why they're not ranked super highly. But yeah. Ken Palm has them as their number eight team. I mean, top 15 offense and defense. I mean, that's that's a really good resume. Johnny mm-hmm. uh, Zhang. UCLA yeah. has a really good chance of upsetting Baylor if Baylor make, they both make it to the uh, Sweet 16. Every piece that carried UCLA to the Final Four last year is still on that team. And, I mean, they have so much experience from last year's tournament. I don't think they're going to be scared of any team they play. Yeah. Um, a team that I think is, like, could spark something is San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think the Dons – I would completely agree with you here. Yeah, I think the Dons are going to do something. Uh, they play Murray State, which I believe that's I – think, I think San Francisco is going to upset them because I don't really believe Murray State's 30-2 and two record is – resembles what that like what it really is um playing in the i believe it's the ohio valley conference that name itself should you know tell you tell you what that name like what it is uh yeah i mean yeah i'm really big on san francisco too i have the beating murray state too it's all about whether you think they match up well against kentucky and i mean i have them matching up somewhat solid against kentucky uh it's always important when a low seed like uh San Francisco has a better individual stat than Kentucky, and they have a better defense. Mm-hmm. So you always got to take that to that and account as possible upset here. So I'm I really don't not sure what I, I'm going to pick here, mm-hmm. but I would not be shocked if San Francisco wins. And I, I really like Kentucky. Kentucky's a team I think Final Four competitive, but I think this is it. The West that we're talking about that's probably the most yeah, competitive. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, West. I think and got, we're on the East now. Yeah. Okay, East. I mean, they, I think you've got three or four teams that are really good. I think Baylor's really good. UCLA is really good. I'm not as high on Purdue as a lot of people are, but I think no, Texas I is good. Yeah. And I think Kentucky and San Francisco are really good. So I wouldn't be shocked if you saw a little mess in that region. I think Baylor's decline and a little bit, Kentucky's decline a little bit too. I don't know what it is. I think they just have a cold shooting streak right now. But, um, you know, teams like, I think, it's going to come down to Purdue or UCLA. Whoever can advance through there is going to make it to the Final Four. Um, yeah, that's where we disagree. I'm, 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 I'm a big stay away from Purdue. Uh, they have – It's bad, go, I know. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah going off Kim Palm, which is – I guess that's my, that's my thing. Yeah. The 14th best Kim Palm team, pretty good, solid, but third best offense, amazing, right? But that 100th worst or 100th best defense is just – that's a red flag going off. Anytime you see a team with – a really high, like 100 plus stat. Mm-hmm. They can win a couple. They might win a game or two, but it always comes back and bites them. And it, I really don't see them going super far with that type of stat. I mean, that second round matchup might get them. So I'm probably going to have them going off in the second, probably getting beat in the second round. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jaden Ivey. Uh, I think he late late in games, he's the guy. Uh, and they they have really good big men. I think they're probably the best big men duo in the uh, in the Big Ten, but. Now that I think I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I think UCLA is is probably my my pick to make the Final Four. Um, I just love the guys that they have, and you know what I saw from last year really shows what what type of character they have. Yeah, I mean UCLA is a really good team, but that matchup against Baylor, if they get to eventually match up against Baylor, that'll be a Baylor. that'll probably won't be the best games of the tournament. Both teams are really evenly matched, so that'd be exciting to watch. But yeah, I mean this this side's really messy. I mean mm-hmm. so. You can get if you can get this out of the bracket right. You you're looking you're good. You're right. yeah. yeah, you saw me. But I I guess it's head down under the Mason Dixon line. We're going in the southern region. Uh, 
this is a pretty interesting bracket. I think this might be where the most upsets happen. Um, a team that I see is like, oh, like probably overlooked as Ohio State. From all the games that I've seen from them, uh, in all the big situations, they've been on a decline in, in Big Ten play, which it's not a bad thing. It's just you have to win late, and I don't, I don't, I don't even think they're going to beat Loyola in the first round. Yeah, I have Loyola uh, winning that game too. Uh, Ohio State's one of those cases of really good offense but atrocious defense, kind of the same as last year, but just a little bit worse where they got beat by Oral Roberts. I mean, not exactly a great track record with that, but yeah, I think their defense is 110 something. So, I mean, that's major red flag. And Loyola's a really good basketball team this year again. I mean, for years and years, I mean, the last three or four years, Loyola's been a really consistent team. And this year, it's no different. And so that consistency versus a team that has such a bad defense in Ohio State, I got Loyola winning that game too. The only reason I got Loyola wins because Sister Jean and uh, I mean, seeing Ohio State lose to Oral Roberts, all those memes, it was like, man, I just want to see something like that again. And I think we will. I can't believe she's died. I thought on multiple occasions she she's dead, but she keep she somehow is still she's somehow still kicking. She she looked older when they made the final four than what she looks now. Maybe, maybe you think she'll make what's what do you think the odds are on her making it through the tournament? It's a uh, Vegas has it four to one. Uh, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have to pounce on that one. I'm gonna hammer it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, buy some points. I'm gonna make it nine to one. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, think, I think I've got to talk about my sweetheart for this year, the number five seed, Houston Cougars. Yeah, yeah, Houston is one of the most under this is a year that not a lot of teams are underrated. I think. NCAA tournament, the committee has really caught up to this Ken Palm rankings and analytics and really ranking teams pretty well. Yeah. I think they've caught up really well. I mean, you don't see a lot of uh, 11 seeds in the top 10 at Ken Palm or top 15. You see a lot of just bad teams being bad and good teams being good. So, but Houston is the outlier here. Houston is the fourth ranked Ken Palm team in a five seed. It's one of the first times I've seen a top 14 be a five seed. Yeah, that's what uh, Houston is. Top ten or number tenth offense, eleventh defense. So as long as they don't face a team with a really good offense, really good defense, I like this team going pretty far. But yeah, me too. You know, even though they uh, lost to Alabama. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you lose to Alabama, you're automatically in the Final Four. I think we've are. discovered that over the years. So if I mean, that's just a good way to pick. If you don't like analytics, just go with whoever Alabama beats. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we beat South Carolina. Their Final Four year. I, I, I was at that game. I, it was like 80 to 60. It was like the last game for the SEC tournament. Uh, Look what they did. That'd be nice if the final four was just teams that Alabama beat. But would anybody really be shocked? No. What are the possibilities of that? I haven't really looked at that. Gonzaga, obviously. Yeah. Baylor, if Baylor comes somehow comes out of that side. Houston comes out of their side. And what's what's the team that has to come? An LSU? Do we beat no we do we beat LSU this year? I know we lost last game. Yeah, yeah, we beat them early on. Did we? Yeah. So we go. But the second game, J.D. Davison uh, tried to take a knee. <laughs> Look, J.D. is the clutchest player on the team. I mean, he know, he always knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Super smart all-around player. I've never Just seen like him the team. He doesn't walk. He runs every, everywhere he goes. It's fine. LSU fire will wait. I'm all good. The my, Everybody's most hated coach in the SEC is gone. I know. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of LSU, I guess we can – Head on to the uh, oh well, we have to pick our final four pick out of the south. I, I think okay. Arizona, I think Arizona is going to make the final four. <sighs> See, this is a really tough one, it really is because 
I would love Houston so much. That's might cloud my judgment here. Yeah. Mm, you're really I love making Houston me too, but I I think Arizona. I think Arizona to me is the most athletic team in the tournament. And I think that's how you look how Baylor won the tournament last year. And I, I think uh, Arizona is built for that. But yeah, I mean, I don't, they're not going to win the, the uh, championship, though. All right. I'm not going to pick with my heart. I'm picking with my, my head, and my head is going Arizona. So I'll say Arizona too. Smart guy. Did we, did we uh, say the Final Four team from the other side? Yeah, I picked uh, UCLA. I, I said Purdue first, and then I picked UCLA because I realized how, like, how many players they got. Oh, I haven't really done a lot of – I'm going to go Kentucky. I'm going to go Kentucky. Can't go wrong. Oh, Kellen Grady, you know, he's the best three-point shooter, like, by percentage, I believe. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Um, Again, th- this is the, the night of the – after the brackets release, so we haven't really got a good look at um, going that far in our brackets. So, I, I'm, it's still, I'm still new to the, the – picking our bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, I will ask you this. If Michigan beats Colorado State, is that an upset at all? I mean, I, you could say – I mean, I have Michigan beating Colorado State too, so I don't think you can call it upset. You can call it, but, uh, I mean, I think Michigan's probably the better team. I like it wouldn't be a big in, deal. I like them in the my system, my metrics, whatever system, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. So that's my pick there. Yeah, I love Hunter Dickinson, and I like a coach that that's not afraid to, you know, put his hands up. Yeah. So, um. I think we should – the last side is the biggest blue blood of them all, Auburn Tigers. Auburn Tigers. The se- I mean – Ooh, Auburn is the second-best team in their region that has the last name Tigers. LSU is, of course, better. Of course. Uh, and of course, Auburn – and just looking at this side, Auburn gets maybe the easiest run we'll ever see to the they, Elite they to, Maybe uh, ever. Maybe yeah. ever. They get to play a team that didn't even deserve to make the tournament, which I love Jacksonville State. That's where my dad went. But, um, you know, he doesn't really give a shit because they know they're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, that – and then I, I, I can't I can't uh, keep going on my hatred enough of Wisconsin. I just don't think Wisconsin's a very good team. You just don't like the white guys, do you? Dude, I, it just, you can't have <laughs> – they had too many of them. No, but Wisconsin – like going into Wisconsin, they're a really sexy pick because they yeah. have – Number one, they have a, a star. They have a, they have a star. Yeah, Johnny uh, Davis. Yeah, Johnny Davis is Brad really Davis good. Is good too. Yeah, he's a really good basketball player. I'm not saying he isn't. Yeah, he's a, they have a star player, and then they have a lot of white three point shooters, which is a deadly combination. I can't lie that it works a lot of the time. But they're mm-hmm. ranked 35th. They're ranked 34th in Kimpom. I mean, 49th offense, 38th defense. Nothing, no redeeming qualities about this Wisconsin team. So. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't love this Wisconsin team. And yeah. Luckily, they'll make it out of the first round because none of the uh, 14 seeds are really good. At, all the 14 seeds are awful this year. I mean, they're bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So, they'll make it out of the first round. But past that, I don't, I don't even know if they can beat the, the winner of the LSU game. Yeah, I think when you have a, you know, Ken Palm like that, you don't have the capability – you have the capability of, of being in every single game you play, but you don't have the capability of, of moving yourself away from an opponent. You're always around the five-point margin. And, and Yeah, I would really watch out for it. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I have LSU. I mean, I have LSU beating Iowa State, and mm-hmm. then I, LSU beating Wisconsin wouldn't shock me at all. The interesting thing is, this. If let's just say 
LSU goes to the Sweet 16 with Auburn. LSU's a really good matchup against Auburn. They fit perfectly inside. They can they can man up with Walker Kessler. Um, but they probably have the best man to man defense in in college basketball. Yeah, something you want to see with deep teams who make um, and uh, games like Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Uh-huh. Auburn's best Auburn's best quality is defense, right? They're the eighth best defense, twenty uh, fourth best offense. When you have a team that's a worse seed than them, as LSU is, LSU's a six seed, Auburn's a two seed. Yeah, and you have a team in LSU who has the fifth best defense. So they have their best stat is a fifth defense, and Auburn's best stat is an eighth defense. When you find something like that, that's mm-hmm. always a value pick. So LSU might give them a run for their money if they play them, but besides that, I mean, I don't see a lot of teams in this side. Providence really bad. Providence is a, I mean, I love, I love South Dakota State. Yeah, South Dakota State is an interesting one. Uh, they're really good on offense and maybe one of the worst teams in, in the NCAA on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they make shots. That's that's all it really comes down to for me. Um, every uh, Like, when you have five guys out there, every single guy can attack the three ball. And I don't think a team like Providence could be built for that. And you, I think we said earlier, Providence is probably one of the most, you know, lucky teams that there is. Uh, you know, they've had some great wins, but you just look at their margin of victory. It's just not there. Um, that's I think that's my upset of this region is uh, I think them Jackrabbits get them uh, Friars. They're not just lucky. They, they're not very good. Like, no. Providence is just not a good basketball team. Um, Kim Palm has them as their 49th best team. And if you think, okay, 49th best team, they're a fourth seed. That means they should be somewhere in the 15 to 22, 23-ish range. Yeah. 49th best team. I mean, they're below teams like Iowa State, Marquette, and UAB. In Ken Palm rankings, I, I bet most, I bet like fifty percent of the people making this bracket still think Chris Dunn plays for uh, Providence. That's Honestly, what, if they still like Chris Dunn, I don't know if I'd pick him. <laughs> yeah, they, they would need a little more than that. Yeah, but I tell you what, they need, to, they need um, a really distribute like James Rojas to make oh, that yeah. team really special. Yeah, for real. Uh, I love. I, I think a team that's getting overlooked is like from one seed standpoint is Kansas. Um. Mm. You know, we give a lot of love to Gonzaga and Arizona, but, you know, watching Kansas in that Big 12 tournament and basically watching them all throughout the year, they've been one of the most consistent teams in the country. So I, I think Kansas is probably going to move through this through this situation because all these teams below them are just in situations where they just – I don't think they know, like, who they are. Yeah, Kansas is a very um, typical team, typical one seed you'll see in this tournament. Uh a lot of these one and two seeds, they have pretty good off, or really good offenses and like above average defenses. Mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas is kind of the same boat as Kentucky and Duke. Mm-hmm. Almost those three teams, and then almost Villanova. All those three, t- four teams are about the same. So it's it's it gets messy when you get to those one and two seeds this year. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of a separation between those teams. So not a bad team. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't count them to lose games early, but I'm not exactly confident in their ability to make a run deep. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so I believe there are four brackets in the tournament. And I think we just, if my math's right, I think we just did four brackets. I think we did. I hope we did. Um, you know, it's gonna be a fun. I, I think I'm very excited for this tournament. I'm, and I'm excited for it every year, but uh, there's a lot of teams from the SEC, in my opinion, and a lot of these Power Five schools where you just don't know what you're getting. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, let's see where it goes. Uh, wait, let's look at these eight and nines because I think the people might want to hear your opinion on these eight and nines because for some reason it's, it's the most guaranteed thing. Yeah, the eight and nine seeds. Um, again, I, I'll, I'll give credit to the tournament committee. The eight and nine seeds are really close this year, more than they are usually. But I will still give y'all my picks on these uh, eight and nine seeds. Uh, I got Boise State uh, beating Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's I think that's a I like that pick a lot. Uh, Boise State has the 17th best defense, which is a really good stat. Yeah. Memphis is 31st best defense, so I like that set a lot. Yeah. I really like North Carolina versus Marquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a, that's a really – I think North Carolina is a pretty good team, and I don't think Marquette's a very good team at all. So I like that 8 seed versus 9 seed. The, probably the toughest one to me is San Diego State-Creighton. Yeah. I think that would be easily be the toughest one to me, uh, especially those teams who have a top one, two, or three offense or defense but have a really bad other stat. Mm-hmm. Like San Diego State's the 157th best offense, but they had the second best defense. But I wouldn't pick San Diego State usually, but Creighton also has a 124th best offense. So when you get two teams like that who are just not very good at offense in general, you yeah. got to take that number two defense all day. Yeah. So I'll take San Diego State over Creighton and then Seton Hall, TCU. I think uh, TCU has the best defense, a better defense than Seton Hall, mm-hmm. which is their best stat. And I'll take TCU as that uh, nine seed. Yeah, I like the frogs, but uh, well, I mean, I, I guess that's a good good rundown from it. But uh, you know, I, we're gonna have to make this your uh, yearly visit to the show. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if if I if I go like three for fourteen in the first round, maybe y'all won't have maybe you won't have me back on. But if we'll you see how it goes. Fourteen, I'll I'll invite you back in five years. <laughs> okay, we'll see how it goes. I have to do a little more research and figure it out what went wrong. All right, I'll give you five. Yeah, I'll give you five years to do it if if it yeah. gets to that situation. All uh, right, it sounds good. All right, well, let's see what Alabama does. I'm excited, but, uh, well, that was fun, I guess. Um, we had a good time. I talked some basketball. It's nice. Kind of got to form some opinions with some teams. I, I, I like to hear your thoughts. I like to hear what the, the average consumer thinks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, it's, not, it's, it's nice to talk about some basketball. See what it, It's always nice when you got some, some opinions that are the same on some upsets, but. It, it's always it's nice good. to uh, talk like you know what you're doing. It's always nice to pretend. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm talking here confident. Like I know every eight, nine seed, every seven and ten seed. Yeah. And then my bracket goes zero and four for the first four games. We're gonna be we're gonna be in some trouble. Yeah, but I only remember wins. So. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just count, count your wins. Man, well, it was uh, it was fun to have you on, man. Well, uh, yeah, dude, I really appreciate it. All right, man. I'll see you. Wow. What an interview from Brett Rush, my roommate. He did everything. He, he, he said everything that I wanted him to say. And, uh, you know, it was really awesome to have him on. And we're probably going to have to have him on uh, pretty soon to, you know, look back at what he did and, you know, see how Kim Palm actually did in this uh, in this tournament. But um, anyways, I guess we'll move on to uh, our brackets, which I basically explained my bracket already in, in our uh, segment last night. So I'm going to let uh, Ryan talk about maybe his final four picture and uh you know why that why those teams are going to be there yes guys so i got my two brackets and uh i got my first off i'll i'll give you my dream bracket uh for the final four i have alabama uh and kentucky and then i also have villanova and wisconsin and i have alabama advancing to the national championship and playing villanova and winning, mm-hmm. 
All right, and now I have my realistic. <laughs> pretty sure that one's great. I'm pretty sure that one was real. <laughs> yeah, so my realistic one I would say is um, I have Gonzaga playing Kentucky and beating Kentucky, and then I have Villanova beating Auburn and a Gonzaga, Villanova, another national championship between them. I feel like it's been like four. And then I have Villanova obviously beating Gonzaga because Gonzaga is never going to win a national championship. That's respect. That's uh, respectable. I talked about last night how the American public doesn't believe in Gonzaga. And uh, I'm just going to keep picking them again. I said this last night. I'm going to keep picking them every year until they win. Because as of right now, I think they are the best team. But, um, you know, I do, I do respect your Final Four. And I like how you're, you're putting high expectations on Auburn so that when they get crashed, it's like it feels way better. It's like you didn't expect it. Because, you know, when the Gamecocks beat them the first game, it's going to be electric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say that, uh, I mean, you can – you can like I think I said this in the last episode, you can – you can bet on Gonzaga making the national championship, mm-hmm. but them Don't winning win. it, that's that's a different story. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I guess we'll move on to uh, you know, some betting lines that were that were that we looked into. And uh this is just based off of the first some first round games. Um, you know, recently, I'm just gonna let y'all know now I, recently I've had a pretty good record. Um my parlays. Well, I'll say this: my parlays always go three and one. So any bet that I do say, don't do not ever collect them and do one thing. Just base every single one of them individually, and I promise you'll make a profit. Uh, so my my first my first betting line or pick is going to be Michigan minus two and a half uh, against Colorado State. Um, Michigan was a bubble team, and a lot of people picture them as a team that didn't deserve to make it, which I can understand that. Uh, but I think if you just look at Michigan and Colorado State, uh, Colorado, Colorado State did not have that much – had that many quality wins. And in the Ken Palm ranking, I don't believe they're that good. So, I'm going to take Hunter Dickinson and uh, Juwan Howard to uh, cover the three because um, I think they're a fired-up squad and I think they, uh, they're playing with the underdog mentality. Um, my second one, uh, which is going to be pretty interesting – these next two really are uh, South Dakota State money line against Providence. I love what South Dakota does uh, shooting the ball. Um, they get overlooked again for being in the uh, Summit Conference, which is probably they. I mean, it's probably one of the worst conferences in the uh, you know in the country. But I've, I've watched a couple of games of theirs, and I've I've been really impressed with what they do on offense. Um, my second upset pick is going to be San Francisco money line against Murray State. Uh, pe- people are feel really good about Murray State for having a 30 and two record, which I don't really believe they're that good, you know, for what their record says. Um, and San Francisco is really overlooked for being in the same conference as teams like St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Uh, I think the Dons have a lot of great talent inside, and I think they're they want to make a statement. Um, and I, I think they I think they win that game probably by seven or seven or ten points, somewhere around that range. I feel really good about what San Francisco is doing. Um, and my last line pick is Auburn minus 15 and a half against Jacksonville State. This has nothing to do with how, how good or bad Auburn is. It's just how bad Jacksonville State is. Um, well, first of all, they didn't win their, their conference tournament. Um, Bellarmine, sadly, 
they deserved to make it, but they couldn't because of stupid NCAA rules. So, uh, you know, just for the sake of Auburn playing Jacksonville State, I'm going to take Auburn minus 15 and a half. And uh, my last pick is Davidson and Michigan State over. Uh, Davidson early in first half shoots really well. And during the game, uh, they have this Asian guy, I believe his name's like Hyung Jong Lee or something, and a bunch of other white guys that they they shoot the ball really well. And I saw that at the BJCC in uh, Birmingham. They're a great team. And if you want if you want to beat Davidson, you have to score. And I think Michigan State understands that. And I think they're gonna have I think they're gonna shoot really well. Um, the, I think the line is minus one thirty nine, or yeah, it's it's one thirty nine uh, total. So. Um, I think Davidson wins that game if you want to sprinkle that, but definitely take the over if you're in that situation. Um, See, so do you have any of uh, your favorite picks? So I got three picks. Um, my first one is Richmond against Iowa. Uh, the line is Iowa by 10 and a half. Uh, I definitely – I could definitely see Richmond, uh, you know, covering that – or not okay. covering that, but – Is that a five and a half? It's a, yeah, it's a five and a 12, and I think – I think Richmond can can definitely spoil that line, and uh, because you know, little Dicky Richmond, and uh, <laughs> you know Richmond Spiders, longer that the best the best NCAA 07 team. Spider Man. Um, <laughs> my second pick is going to be uh, Vermont and against Arkansas, uh, a thirteen against a four. Mm -hmm. The line is a uh, Arkansas by by minus five. I can definitely definitely see uh, Arkansas coming out with a. Uh, a hot, a hot, hot hand, and uh, you know, you know, just really establishing themselves because yeah. I'm pretty sure they they're pretty upset of how, how the tournament went about losing to uh, losing to A and M the way they did. Mm -hmm. So I could definitely see Arkansas uh, winning this game by more than ten points. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. And then my third game, where is it? I lost it. Um. Longwood against Tennessee. This is going to be a little controversial. The line is Tennessee by minus 17. I could, I just, I have a feeling 17. 17 points. I, I can see Longwood uh, probably making this game probably like a 10, eight point game at, at, at the, at the very, at the, at the very least. Mm -hmm. um, they're, uh, you know, you, you, this is probably like the first time you've heard of Longwood, but I mean, yeah, I've heard of them before this year, and I'm like, I'm crazy about like these small schools. Yeah, like Bryant and uh, and uh, was it Wright State? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I just have I just have a thing for these small teams. I, I feel like I just I feel like Tennessee could could be you know riding a little too high off the off the SC tournament win, and uh, they could get you know I'm not it wouldn't be you know, I would say a uh, a letdown game, but it, it it will definitely be a you know a wake up call for yeah. For I think I think a school named Longwood is like is pretty badass. Uh, it sounds like the team in like Disney basketball movies, where it's like, dude, we got to play Longwood. No <laughs> way. Yeah. So, um. Uh, I love that pick. That's probably my favorite pick that you said. Uh, I like I like Longwood covering, even though I have nothing. I know nothing about the team. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 probably going to be something similar to like Oral Roberts um, from last year. How Oral Roberts would they make it to the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Longwood 
ended up doing the same or, you know, making it at least to the second round. Cause, uh, you, you mentioned that sexual joke. It's, uh, it's, there, there's probably a little bit of connection to it. Yeah. There's a lot of, we need a long, long way to Oral Roberts <laughs> national championship, but Oral Roberts just had to suck this year. So it's, yeah. yeah th- thanks Oral Roberts. So uh, Longwood. Yeah. Um, a Longwood national championship would, would break, would break Twitter. They would, not be able to contain. So. Oh, imagine, imagine a Longwood Duke national championship and Longwood beat Coach King. Coach King, goodbye. <laughs> this Longwood got you. Longwood. All right. Coach King's resting. I'm glad we talked about that game because that's not really one we talked about. Uh, from a betting perspective, that's probably the most interesting game there is in the field to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just the name because if, if it was like Western Carolina, I wouldn't really care that much. But now I do because I'm a child. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked a lot of basketball so far. So uh, I'm on spring break, and I, I believe you're close to being on spring break. Yes, I will be on spring break. Um, 20 now. Yeah, something like that. Yes, two weeks. Uh, so anyways – I'm st- I'm spending my time here at home, and I think a good thing to do would be to where I want to spend a spring break in the future. And uh, we made a list of our top five spring break destinations. And uh, basically, what we'll do is I'll name my five, then he'll name his five, and we'll just we'll just go all the way down from there. So, uh, do you have your number five yet? All right, at number five, I have Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay, <laughs> good little college town. Um, not very little. I mean, it's a uh, pretty rowdy. You can. Have, a, uh, I'll say this: at Baton Rouge, there is a a red fat guy who just who walks around during the day. Yeah, he, he, he walks he around. Tries to get his exercise in, and uh, he's got some purple shorts on. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's like yeah, a big number five, number five Baton Rouge. Oh, number number four Galveston, Texas, because their beach is uh subpar but their ports are very nice um nothing much to say about Galveston really um it's a country song from the 1950s I believe number three Cozumel Mexico I mean I think the most popular city I mean tourist attraction is uh um I want to say Cozumel because that's you know that is the place to go if you're going to experience Mexico uh number two is belize city uh, belize city belize uh my sister actually ended up uh going to belize um i want to say 10 years ago uh around that time and she said it was uh it was nice uh beautiful uh but you could not drink any water so there's a little downside on that part and, <laughs> you couldn't drink any water <laughs> you could not drink any water you wow. couldn't you you had to drink bottled water. You cannot drink anything from the tap. It's illegal. It was, it's illegal. It, yeah, it was um, heavily, and uh, in, in, <laughs> it was heavily. It was like Flint water, really. Only, only alcohol. Yeah, and number one is Costa Maya, Mexico. Um, beautiful place. Uh, nothing really to go wrong with it. Uh, this is my top five because this is where I will be going to all places on spring break. <laughs> Because I'll be going on a cruise and I'll be going to every all, all five of these locations. 
really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my top five, four of them, I really, really, really want to go to. And one of them, I, I physically cannot get there. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll say mine. I'll start mine. Number five, Chattanooga. Okay. They have a big lake. Um, I've always been obsessed. There's a build, there's a big building there. Uh, it looks like a humongous corporate building, very serious. And then it just says crystal on the top, you know, like crystals, the restaurant. I've always been interested to go in there and see what they do. Uh, <laughs> ask them what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know if the lookouts are still there anymore, but I've always thought they had a SIG logo and I believe spinning spring break at a yeah, weird <laughs> going at a uh, creeper logo going at a uh, Chattanooga lookouts game would be, would be the most insane thing ever. Uh, number four, the uh, lake house where grownups was filmed. Um, I love grownups. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, I don't know how many grant, I don't know how many Oscars it won, but the, uh, the scene where they're listening to uh, escape, you know, the pina colada song. And Kevin James is is, walk, is dancing with a KFC bucket on his head. Seeing those guys have a blast at the at the lake is something that I want. Uh, even though if it would probably just be by myself, just dancing around. <laughs> but uh, you know that was just a that's a sick movie and that's really a place where I'd want to spend a uh, a week. Um, third is the uh, Dude Perfect Warehouse. Uh, I think it's it's a really sick place. You can do anything you want. But I just feel like it's weird seeing a bunch of like 40 year old dudes just run around and like play games that 10 year olds would. Yeah. Um, and they, they also dress like sixth graders, which I love the guys, <laughs> but I just think it's a little odd for me. But, anyways, I would love to just like spend a lot of time at like the simulator. I'm a golfer and uh, maybe like ride around go karts. I don't know. I'm 21. I should be thinking about other things. But, uh, um, Moving on to my second one. This one's really, this is one I could, I could actually go to, uh, Foley, Alabama. Um, it is the home of Kenny Stabler, DJ Fluker, Robert Lester. And, uh, of course, um, one of the best receivers ever, Julio Jones. I think going, going around to Foley and seeing the, the mark they left on that town would be amazing. And, uh, they have a place called Lambert's cafe. I've been there before and, uh, they throw rolls at you which I think that's pretty sick. That'd be a fun way to spend a spring break. Uh, I love bread. You're hitting the head with a roll. I love bread. Um, in my opinion, Foley is is 10 million times better than spending a spring break at Gulf Shores. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, think, you, you, if you go to Gulf Shores, you're really just going to Foley because, I mean, that's You're going to Gulf Shores to get a, a, an STD. You can't yeah. get those in Foley. I bet they have a low STD rate. <laughs> <laughs> they got all the they got all the stores in Foley, anyways. Yeah, they got a big Tanger outlet. It's uh, it's really clean all the time. There's never any ghetto people there. It's 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 very nice. It is. Um, yeah, I, I just love what Foley has and uh, the history there. And number one, in my opinion, is a place called uh, it's a city called Valentine, New Hanover. It's in New Hanover. Um, it's a city that has a has a bar and uh. It, um, there's a guy named Arthur Morgan that walks around sometimes. He's a really cool guy. Uh, the bar is really nice. Again, as I said, you can, uh, there's two good food, food items on the menu and there's a poker table. Uh, the roads are pretty muddy, but it's a fun place to spend a spring break. Uh, not much to do, but there are horses and, uh, there are a bunch of cowboys everywhere. 
Where where would I find New Hanover? You would find it in the uh, in the Rockstar production game uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm obsessed with that game. Uh, I'm going to talk about that a lot, especially when sports isn't going on. Um, you know, spinning spending a day with Arthur Morgan and maybe just like going off on innocent people would just be, it'd be a blast. <laughs> so. It is a blast. Yeah. Um, I probably, I might want to cancel. I might want to uh, turn this, turn like turn this show off early just for the fact I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 now. <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. That's in our episode. Um, but I hope you all had a good time and I hope you have a spring break and, uh, Enjoy some basketball for, for last because Alabama's probably first round exit. Yep. Count on it. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll see y'all later. See ya.